0: Second chapter, The End of Exile. It had been more than 12 years since 26th of December 2004. And more than 12 years since Ajay had slept peacefully at night. Every time he got time off from work, he would run to various relief camps, NGOs, government departments and police stations to trace his daughter. Someone said they'd spotted his daughter with a group of beggars in Tamil Nadu and he rushed to that spot with his brother in law, making inquiries and rummaging through every piece of information he got to possibly unite with his daughter again. His bulbul. Someone else called him and said she was seen with the tribe of nomads in Andaman and Ajay took the next flight out to be with his daughter. But each time, the news wasn't accurate and he failed to find her. I've come to you with great hope, Swamiji, he said. Please tell me if I'll ever find my daughter. As I sat there listening to him, he continued unabated. Otherwise, I have no faith in any religious or spiritual organization. They are just around to mint money. And he went on to narrate his ordeal. I went back to Karnikobar a month later, he said. There were tents and many camps set up. Volunteers from many NGOs and religious organizations were there. Missionaries were roaming about tending to people and telling them that 26th December had a particular significance, that they ought to accept Jesus Christ as their savior and immediately more relief would be granted to them in this life and the next. Doctors from MSF and NGO and other organizations were helping many victims. But I was just looking for my daughter, when a man clad in white came up to me. I showed him her picture and asked him if he had seen her or could point me to someone who might help. I can help you, he said, but this world is temporary. If you really want help, then learn to meditate and breathe properly, I will. He said. Now, Ajay is narrating, okay? So I will, I said. But can you help me find my daughter? If you join our course on meditation, it will really help you. He replied. I'll personally speak to my guru about you and get his blessings. Please, I beg you, I told him. Ajay is speaking. You can tell me about your courses later. For now, I really need to find my daughter. This man, Swamiji, I just said to me, kept insisting that I should join their course and meditate with them. I was numb and finally I fell at his feet and told him to just help me find my daughter. He then took me to another colleague of his who was teaching meditation to a group of children nearby. She was sitting in a chair and some 20 or 30 young children were following her instructions. He gave her my daughter's picture while I looked at the kids scanning, hoping I might find my bulbul. She wasn't there. And then I looked at the man who was indicating something to this lady with a twitch of his eye. He stopped as if suddenly realizing that I was no longer looking at the children, but him. And then came the statement that changed my life. I've seen this girl, the woman said. I just broke down as soon as she said that. I saw her here a few days ago, she continued. She was saying, My parents are dead. I don't have anyone. I asked her if she could possibly tell me where my daughter might be now. But she said that no one else had seen her after that day. I didn't know what to think anymore, Swami. Meanwhile, this man now said that since he had gotten me such vital information, I could maybe join his meditation course. I couldn't control myself and yell at him. I went to every single person present there asking them if they had seen my bulbul and distributed her pictures. I lost my faith in all spiritual organizations that day, Swamiji, that day said to me. Because while they were all working and helping, they were more interested in finding followers and converts. I told Ajay that a small group of insensitive people didn't perhaps represent their guru or their entire organization. But Ajay was past that stage where I could reason with him. I don't blame him though. When you've been running pillar-to-post for 12 years, you transcend theories and philosophies. You no longer want to just hear the truth, but you want to see, know and experience it now. But that's the thing. Reason is the killer of empathy. When someone's down and lost, you can't use reason to pull them back. You can use some logical argument to console them a bit. But matters of the heart are best handled by the heart alone. And sometimes all it takes is to listen to the other person, to hear them out. With Ajay, I chose this route. I was pressed for time. But his grief was so great that I didn't have the heart to tell him that I had to go. When someone in the family dies, that tragedy turns the surviving members into the living dead. But when you don't know if the person is dead or alive, or you hope there's still a chance of beating them, then it's absolutely unbearable. You die a little every day. And when you lose all energy or the will to live, some news, a glimmer of hope from somewhere resurrects you, only for you to die again, when that hope fizzles out. Every rumor, every bit of news, every assurance brought Ajay and Rama back to life, only to kill them again. So please, he begged, crying, please tell me if I will ever see my daughter again. Where can I find her? Listen Ajay, I said to him. I rarely speak like this because I am no one to interfere in the workings of nature nor am I big enough to do so. But I am going to offer you a direct answer because I know your daughter's disappearance wasn't your fault and you deserve some respite. Twelve years is a very long period. I offered Ajay a bottle of water and some tissues and asked him to relax for a minute. A long and uncomfortable minute passed for him.